The warmest of festive greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science: storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is. I'm Bex, and um, I'm a Key Stage Two teacher from a two form entry primary school in Cambridgeshire, and I also help with initial teacher training as well. Hi, I'm Rob. Uh, I'm also a Key Stage Two teacher, and I've worked with Year Five and Six as well as Year Four and Year Three. Abby Marison, I'm Education Programme Manager at Festival Bridge. Hi, I'm Jen Langerskoff. I am an art and design teacher in primary, secondary and infant and I'm Education Programme Manager at Festival Bridge. And today we are exploring learning outcomes in geography and religious education with this week's Christmas folktale from the Middle East. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Come On Little Camel. There you can stream a video of me and, and actually Elsie herself, the little camel, telling the story for your children. And if you sign up as an epic educator, you can also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the remarkable Corky Paul. Download the full audiobook at any time and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Rob Bex, Abby, and Jen. Here we are starting. Well, we're we're kind of going on from the philosophy and art theme of yesterday, and we're now exploring religious education. Who's going to kick us off here, Abby? You look like you're raring to go with your theological credentials. I, I am. I am, and and <laughs> I probably don't want to term it under religious education mm. because. Uh, although that is, you know, the, the time slot in the timetable it will probably sit under, uh, I actually think that it's so much more life skills. Oh, it's so yes, much more thinking yeah. about the world around us. And and actually, that's really how, in the earliest curriculum, it, it's called understanding the world. It's not called RE, it's called understanding the world. And I think that I've absolutely got it right. So for me, uh, what I think would be really lovely with this story would be to start educating the young people about different traditions around the world for Christmas Day. So using some of the backgrounds of the young people you've got in your school uh, and really exploring those and maybe some of those significant days around the 25th of December, because there are lots in lots of different cultures, lots of different uh, faiths that that actually have really pivotal days and different things. And, And from this story, because you know that in the Middle East, it's not going to be snowing. And, and even my children say, mummy, it's not snowing. It can't be Christmas Day. The, to, to then explore the, the different people around the world, how they might celebrate different things in December um, is, is a really lovely learning opportunity. Um, my auntie Fawn lives in Kenya. Uh, so when she has Christmas Day, it's always hot. And, and it's always been a, oh, right, it's hot on Christmas Day. That's that's strange. And and starting to explore that with young people who they will blow their minds too. I mean, I, I remember in, in the story, we talk about how, um, you know, places like Kenya would be too hot for reindeer. But I was thinking mm. it's be crazy for Father Christmas to go there with his, you know, winter wear, because you usually see him in that nice big thick red coat, don't you? He'd be having to, to change his outfit every so often. There's no way he'd get around all the good children if he kept having to change his clothes. Yeah. But but just traditions traditions around the world, mm. and maybe just doing a timetable, which which will help with your history around dates, 
uh, certain dates that things happen. Um, you, going back with, you know, America, I've got Thanksgiving, which kind of sets things off. But you've also got in Germany, I know that there is a special day on the 6th of December. I, it's got a name. Uh, I wouldn't know what it was, but um, it'd be really nice to, to to really look into a chronological timeline of festivals, so including Diwali, which I believe we've just yeah. had, <laughs> other different festivals of light and, and things that happen uh, around this time. I remember the first time I found out that Candlemas is the end of Christmas, the end of the Christmas season in Orthodox churches. How angry I got as a child thinking, what, you mean Christmas could go on till February? <laughs> <laughs> We could have a whole month of Christmas and everybody insists on stopping it on like the, the 1st of January. Terrible. Well, in France, Christmas goes on until the 6th of January mm. because that traditionally is the date that the the major arrive at the stable. Yes, yeah, epiphany. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in France, they have a, a cake called a galette, which is quite a flat cake. Mm. And within it is a figurine or like a crown or a toy or something. And whoever gets that piece is the king or the queen for the day. Similar to we do Christmas puddings sometimes. Yeah, putting the coin yeah, in, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in Denmark they have the same as well with little, um, they have little gold pigs they're meant to be. <laughs> and if you get one of those, then you are the lucky one for the day. And as we're going around Europe, uh, I know that on New Year's Eve in Spain, there is a tradition of eating dothe ubas, which is 12 grapes. Before the clock chimes all 12 times, you start eating your grapes. It's a terrible choking hazard, I, I think, but you're supposed to get all, and it will give you luck if you eat all 12 grapes before the last chime of the... So there's all kinds of... All of these are... Yes, yes, yes. ...choking hazards, aren't they? <laughs> Food! But makes me think you, you definitely can count your lucky stars if you get them and you don't choke. <laughs> there's so, so many really rich, different traditions just across yes. Europe, but, you you know, across our world, even if you just honed in on one month or, or just the, the season that, that we tend to talk about as the Christmas season. So uh, there's lots that you could teach. You could really be led by the young people in your school and, and really exploring the traditions that you have so that lots of people can have that understanding and uh, about different cultures you've got in your school. There's also something about a discussion around what does a coming together for a day, whatever your religion, what does that mean mm. for a family or what does that mean for a community? And, um, you know, you could really pull apart the kind of key concepts, the philosophical, philosophical concepts in that. So it doesn't matter. It's not, you know, it's not exclusive mm. to Christianity or Judaism or whatever it is. But what does it mean to kind of come together on a special day and eat special things and take part yeah. in special activities? It might it depend on the size sense. of your class, but do you think it might be possible to actually allow every child to sort of dictate what the celebration is going to look like I'm probably not making myself clear but I mean if you had one child who comes from the Middle East for example and they've got their own sort of idea of what Christmas would look like um, you involve all of your class in their celebration of Christmas for you know the first hour of the day and then maybe after lunch if you have a Jewish child in your class you can experience what a, a Jewish winter festival would be like um, likewise you could have a celebration of Diwali you might have even if you've got some children there who are atheists you know what does Christmas look like in their house let them as an activity explain to all of the others what this would look like and then have them all share and of it course together. just then being very very aware of the community that you serve because if you have got any jehovah's witnesses they don't celebrate birthdays uh, or, say that, yeah. uh, and, and it, it's 
or Christmas or, you know, in those ways to have. But so again, it's the why don't you? What do you do instead? How does it benefit you for not having those? But but it's still they still come together as families, like Jen was saying. So but I think that could be a very cultural hot potato with some families. And Mm. but I think that's I think it's a good thing to highlight because, you know, to to, many children, a Jehovah's Witness, if they're not in. I mean, I don't know much about Jehovah's Witnesses apart from they don't do celebrations. But for a child to be able to say, well, this is what yeah, we this we we don't do this, but we believe in this and this and on this special day we do this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And when it's Christmas Day. This is what we do all day when everybody else is doing something else. You know, I think it's a, it's an inclusive. And if you discussion. did do that as an activity, it might just turn into something like reading time, which children could still end up really enjoying. Mm. So, or make a piece oh, yeah. of art. Chip, would you uh, get the Australians <laughs> to do it at lunchtime if they're doing shrimp? Shrimps on the Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Certainly. Well, Rob, let's hear your re for ages seven well uh, where are you taking RO is it is it a whole of so I was kind of looking cross faith like all all religions thinking about journeys and pilgrimages because I know a lot of the Abrahamistic the Christian Jewish Muslim that involves a pilgrimage of some kind and just kind of exploring where you can go on a pilgrimage why you might go on a pilgrimage how you feel before and after I was going to link it to some geography as well and one of our fellow bloggers, Helen, and say we could make some maps of the places that we go <laughs> um, to on, on these places and think about that. But yeah, I think that it would be a wonderful opportunity, again, to explore the different beliefs that you have within your school or your class. Is there a pilgrimage which is linked to your religion and what does it involve? How long does it take? Again, it's not only exploring your own beliefs, but it's thinking about the community that you live within and understanding what they believe in and how they feel and different things that they do. Yeah, it would make a good display as well, I think. And a good chance to explore how your surroundings influence your um, cultural celebrations as well. You know, we've already talked quite a few times in this podcast about how your um, surroundings and your geography influences the stories that you create and tell. And I think that's just as true for cultural celebrations. I mean, Elsie is a prime example of that. You know, she's the one who delivers the presents over there because... Yeah, you you wouldn't have a man in a thick suit flying yeah. around with reindeer. Yeah, I think the idea of journey is a really interesting one as well because even if you have never considered what a pilgrimage might be like, everybody's been on a journey, whether it's walking from school to home or home to school, mm. or going in the driving in the car somewhere or going on an aeroplane. We can all identify with a journey of some sorts, and then to think about what what does a journey mean? Where does it start and finish? What do you feel on that journey? What happens on the journey? I think would be an interesting one. Well, speaking of journeys, we're going to have to say cheerio to Jen now of <laughs> your flying visit to our Christmas party. But we really have enjoyed having you here with us. And thank you so much for all the value you brought. It's been amazing. Proper Christmas present for us all. <laughs> thank you very much. It was nice to see you all. That's all we have time for today, folks, and indeed this week. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, let us know on social media using at teachhappily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. 
please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. We'll be back next week so Elsie can help us plan lessons in history, physical education, computing, drama, mathematics and science. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! cheerio. And we, and hope, we to hope to hear, hear your, your story, story soon. soon.